Hey everyone, and welcome to the I'll Take a Glass podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Preston. No matter what's in it, grab a glass. And And let's let's see life together. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us again this week. Um, Before we get started on today's episode, I have a question for you, babe. Um, Okay, so there's a debacle in our house. You look nervous right now. Oh, I'm never nervous. Okay. There's a debacle in our house. Cake and cookies. It's not a debacle. And yes, there is. Because it, actually, I want to take that out. Let's go cookies and ice cream. Because that's our favorites. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You our think, favorites? Between the two of us. I got you. Okay. You think cookies are the best dessert. Period. I think ice cream is the best dessert. Okay. Now we have to convince our listeners, like we have to, we have to explain our case and I'm going to explain why ice cream is the best. And I will give you an opportunity to explain why cookies are the best and we're going to let them vote. Yes. I'm going to go first. Okay. So mine's easy. The reason why ice cream is the best is because I can put cookies in ice cream. I can put cake in ice cream. I can put whatever I want in ice cream, make it delicious. I don't feel guilty about the calories that I'm eating out of it. It's oh, done. I'm about to fry you. Oh my <laughs> what? Go ahead, keep going. Like, why did, no, I don't feel like I have week. to over-explain myself. I feel like that's valid. There's nothing else to add to that. I can put cookies and ice cream. Boom. We're done. Explain yours. Okay, so I just to be clear, <laughs> you just said ice cream is the best dessert because you can add things to make it better. <laughs> Yeah. So you take essentially what is mediocre and you have to put stuff in it that is great to make mediocre better. That's what your argument just was. <laughs> no. That's exactly no no backtracking. <laughs> this is also why I asked, are you sure you want to go first? Because I'm about to pull my lawyer degree out real quick. Oh, okay. You you said you didn't want to go to school for eight years. You can't bring that up now. So To start off by just explaining the fact that cookies are better. Cookies are better because they are a year-round, anytime dessert. So is ice cream. No. You're not going to walk in in the middle of December and it's 30-something degrees outside. Just think. We get some rain in the Houston area, right? We get some freezing rain, stuff like that. A lot like of that. rain. Right. So it's February. It's incredibly windy. Windchill has it down in the 30s, which I know maybe some of you listening are like 30s. I wear shorts when it's in the 30s. Great for you. So you it's in the 30s. very salty about that. Yeah. Come get you some of this 109 <laughs> summer that we got going right now. Um, anyway. It's in the 30s. Windchill has it in the 30s. There's some freezing rain or some rain. You're going to walk in that nice, brisk evening and think, oh, let me get a bowl of ice cream. That really sounds like it'll round up my freezing cold night really well. First no, of all, nobody. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. So, no. First Stop. of all, nobody. You, all right. I gave you a chance to talk. Is it my turn to talk or is it Taylor's turn to talk? This is, this is the part of our marriage where is we do this. It's my turn to talk. That's okay, what I didn't know. I'll let you finish, but I feel like okay. I should be taking notes right now, so I like oh you need to be taking notes no i need to write down what i'm thinking but go ahead all right so ice cream is a very selective time of the year that it is truly enjoyed speak for yourself okay cookies are year round anytime you can have cookies in the summer you can have them in the winter you can have them at a birthday party you can have them just on a regular old evening 
cake is completely out of the category because that is like, number one, it takes a lot to get a cake made, first off. Second off, it always has to be revolved around some kind of celebration. You ever walked in on just, a, oh, it's Thursday night, let's make a cake. Like, no, that's just weird. You could, so people make banana bread for fun. They can make cake for fun. I don't make see the difference. Banana bread. Yeah, they make banana not and cake. pumpkin bread for fun. It's not cake. It, But they still make it for fun. All it right, takes the so amount of, same amount anyway, of time. All right, neither here nor there. <laughs> cake is always revolved around a celebration. Cookies, year round, anytime, okay? So the fact that then your argument for ice cream and against cookies is you would add <laughs> the greatest dessert on the planet in cookies to your average dessert to make it better seals it like it's over with you no. already lost the case whenever you started presenting your argument it's over no 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 listen here's the thing first of all Nobody eats regular ice cream anymore. Hey, let me and ask second, you this. Hold on, no, let me no. ask you this. Second. What's your favorite ice cream? Hold on, wait. What's wait. your favorite ice cream? Wait. You get to go, you're going, walking into HEB. What ice cream are you getting? Half baked. Okay, and what, what, what is, describe half baked. I know, but wait a minute. I'm that's what done. you sound like you are right now. I'm not, but what is half baked? I'm not done. I'm not done. Hold on. What is half baked? Here's the second thing. You said uh, nobody's going to watch it. Half Bay is a Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavor <laughs> that is vanilla ice cream with brownies and cookies half baked mixed all up in it. Right. So nobody. Right. So the so argument. Her favorite ice cream has cookies in it. I'm saying. Has brownies wait, in Wait, no. I'm saying you get the best of both worlds, all worlds for that matter with half baked. And on top of that, nobody's going to go, oh, my favorite ice cream and my favorite dessert is strawberry or chocolate. Nobody eats just regular chocolate, strawberry. Right. Second, and here's here's where you're, you were automatically invalidated. No different than Arcane's argument. You said you're not going to walk in on a chilly day and go, let me get a bowl of ice cream. Nobody eats ice cream in a bowl anymore. It comes in pints. What? Do, I don't need them in bowls. Nobody wants to wash that. Now your argument so, <laughs> is the methodology of eating ice cream. I'm just cream. saying that's not. I'm a, just saying you're not going to eat ice cream when it's cold outside. I, speak again. Speak for yourself, because I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Not true. I will have ice cream any Listeners, day of the week. You just lied to y'all, and I want y'all to know how valuable you are to me, and I will always tell you the truth. And you, you know what? Just lied to. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm not lying. You just don't pay attention enough, which is factual. Any person listening to this, any wife at least, is gonna be like, or girlfriend is gonna be like, "Yep, men don't listen," because you only like you don't even watch. You don't know. I had ice cream almost. I can't go a whole month without it. It's not true. That is. We're gonna have to test it. We're gonna like do a data sheet on me after this year, and like mark how many months I have ice cream. All right. Anyway, yeah, I I think anyone with some sense listening to this is like, oh yeah, Preston absolutely won that argument. Like, which is why when you said debacle at the beginning, I was like, that's a very generous way of stating this because this is not a debacle. Yes, it this is. is but they get to vote. One sided. No, we what we need is we need them to send in their answers. So y'all send in your answers to us. Are you cookies or ice cream? Team cookie, team ice cream. That's all we need to know. I don't. I care about what y'all like. 
I would much rather know who you thought just won this argument. <laughs> I don't care about that. Yeah. Imagine uh, that. Yeah, I mean, that's the competitive side coming out. Listen, your <laughs> wife is always right. That's the valuable yeah. lesson in life. Happy okay. Life, happy life. Okay. You have a listener question for us. Yes. Listener question this week. Sarah wants to know, what is our favorite part and our least favorite part about being coaches and teachers? This is hard for me. Uh, I say it's hard. My favorite part is... You're not being interviewed by a principal right now. Let me preface that. Like, yeah, I know. I know. My Truly, my favorite part is like actually getting to coach the game of basketball because I love the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. But it's also getting to develop relationships with the kids. Like I love meeting and getting to interact with kids and you get to kind of on a whole nother level because you see the good the bad the the rough the they start to trust you and you kind of become a guide to them too Mm -hmm. that that part i truly do love i think the hardest part for me is being away from my own kids Mm -hmm. um like i'm investing in other people's kids which again that's what i signed up for that's what i love to do but i really miss have like being able to see our kids um, we were just talking about this. Like, I mean, I'm going to go like two or three days without seeing them in a row because of basketball. You're, you do that all the time with football. Right. And it's hard. But at the same time, like now that our oldest is old enough to go with me, like I love the fact that she can be in the gym with me all the time. So that's my answer. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I love coaching football. I love being involved in sport. Um, I knew that I wanted to do that early early on in my life yeah in some capacity either play or whatever it was i just wanted to be around the game um and so uh, i love that aspect i love getting to hang out and hopefully positively influence um young men uh and so i love that aspect of my job inspiring hopefully inspiring and influencing the next generation um and, and kind of like trying to teach them some of the life lessons that I learned from coaches growing up um, and kind of being that for them. Uh, but definitely the hardest part without a doubt. And like the reason I'd probably walk away from this altogether if I did is just the time commitment. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't like the trade off didn't feel worth it in terms of like what we actually get paid and all of that compared to, the time commitment that it takes. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely the hardest part. I know we both have a desire to coach our kids in the future, though, when they get yeah. old enough to, but we're, yeah. we're high school coaches, so that's a, a while from now. But um, we're going to do an episode on coaches and teachers and kind of give people some perspective on that, too. Okay, so today we are talking about redefining our view, our perspective of failure. Right. So first, the official definition of failure, and this is not for me, I actually looked this up, is omission of expected action. Okay, so first, let's hit on why we should and can change our perspective of failure, because I think failure has a negative connotation to it, and Absolutely. it really doesn't have to. So explain your thoughts on that. So to me, and what I try to... So I guess in my lifetime growing up um, and really recently just in talking to a counselor I saw was um, I have a fear of failure and I operate out of that often. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
whether that's feeling like I'm not going to measure up, I'm not going to be good enough, whatever it is. Like I tend to operate from that place. And so what I have tried to do in my mind is kind of redefine the word failure into like you don't fail, you learn. Mm-hmm. Either you win or you learn. Mm-hmm. And so you have success or you have a positive action. You succeed at the action. So the omission, omission of an expected action. So the opposite of that would be that you perform the expected action. Mm-hmm. Um, so either you do that or you learn from what went wrong. And so that is kind of where my perspective on it is, especially like we just talked about teaching and coaching, especially as we coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we talk, I know I talk to the players all the time about like, I'm coaching the action, not you as a human being. Yeah. Um, and, and what That's you good. do does not define you. Mm-hmm. And like, if you bust a coverage, if you miss a tackle, if you, fit something wrong like those things can be corrected um and so that is going to happen that's a part of this game and so in the same way that's a part of life like we are going to miss the mark at times period yeah and so if we get wrapped up in those times where we've missed the mark and allow that to define who we are well then we will walk around feeling like a failure which is what i have done to myself at times Mm -hmm. instead of looking at those moments as i messed up i need to make it right but moving forward, this is what I could have done better and what I will do better as we go forward and as I proceed in life. And so kind of redefining that word to learning opportunity more than failure. Yeah, I think that's good. I think I would even go as far to say as maybe potentially reevaluating what the expected action actually is. Because sometimes I think like when I think, oh, I failed at this, it's because I have a certain expectation for myself But in reality, that expectation wasn't realistic to begin with or that expectation really doesn't have meaning behind it. Like I feel like this mainly as a mom, like the expectations that I have for myself, it's it's good to have expectations. But the expectations that I have for myself specifically, one, aren't realistic. And two, when I evaluate it, it's like, does this really truly have a meaning that stretches beyond just today? Like, does this really matter? Is this going is what I'm the expectations I have for myself in this area in anything, is it really going to propel me forward or the people around me forward? Is it going to make me better? Is it going to make them better? So sometimes I think like that's the first step where we miss it because we have these unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. Expectations aren't bad. It's just they, one, I think when we set those expectations, we probably need to evaluate what is it truly, how does it truly help us or make us better, the people around us? And then, like you said, like, I think what you said, I'm coaching the action, not the person. Right. Um, And so I think that's a a great statement. But um, okay, so to move from that, um, when we redefine like the language of failure to me is more of a mistake. But when people hear failure, they're like, oh, like, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen. I'm awful for this. And that's basically what we're trying to say today is we got to change our perspective on that. But let's say someone is like, man, I really failed at this. I failed today. Like, what's the next thing you're, you're step, like you're coaching them through, like when you talk them through that. So the next thing 
kind of like I said, you've got to make it right. So if you feel like you have fallen short, like that's another way that we will define the word failure. Like we fell short in this. Mm -hmm. um, if you have fallen short uh, and it has caused a negative impact on a relationship, mm -hmm. then owning that, that you've fallen short, owning that mistake and just saying sorry. That's, that's a really powerful word. And so just a couple episodes ago, we talked about relationships. There's a part one, part two on that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think the common relationships that we think of are the relationships we have with others. And so, like I said, apologizing. The one that I think we kind of lose sight of, like we talked about in our relationship episode, is our relationship with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the action or the area that we fell short didn't negatively impact others, but it negatively impacted mm -hmm. ourselves. And being able to tell yourself sorry and forgive yourself, mm -hmm. and then let's take the next right step. And right. so from the apology moving forward, you have to look at it as taking the next right step. Right. So what is the next thing that I can do that gets me back on track? I'm headed the right direction. I need to take that step. And when that step is made, I take the step after that. And when that step is made, and then you can kind of see the progression and the uh, the way that you can climb back out of it. I think that's good what you said. Another thought that I have is there is an element of evaluation after failure. Like you have to evaluate the situation, which is pretty much what you alluded to because you mentioned like taking the next right step. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I think we miss the mark because we don't take a second to truly evaluate it, but evaluate it from a positive perspective too. Like, okay, so what is my next right step? If I don't know that, there's a few ways that I try to, um, I guess, come to a resolve or to my next right step. The first one is mainly talking to you, but someone, you are a trusted individual in my life, obviously, someone I trust to guide me in the right direction in the next right step. And so that definitely helps. The other part of the evaluation is also try to see how it could have potentially made me stronger in that moment. And then I think you do a pretty good job of helping me and that to help me recognize like, here are the positives that can come out of that. This is something you can learn from. Here are the things like, what did you learn? Like helping me really evaluate the situation. And then after that, just really look, taking a step back and going, okay, what part of it, where did I potentially go wrong or what went wrong? How can I be better at it next time or come to resolve to basically change my situation? So I think there's an evaluation period to it. Um, and sometimes we're like, oh, I failed at it. And we just try to move on because we don't mm -hmm. want to think about it. And I think sometimes that's where we go wrong too because then we fail to see the lesson in it, no which it's hard to sit in. Like it's hard to sit in, in failure. Very uncomfortable spot. Right. But I think if we change our perspective on it, then it might allow us to sit in it a little bit easier, a little bit longer. And then from there to move forward. So, okay. Now thinking of this from the perspective of if someone has kids, mm -hmm. this is uh, a big topic for me, I guess I would say, just because I think I'm constantly telling myself, like, I don't want to fail because I don't want to fail our kids. And I have to remind myself pretty recently and pretty often, I have to stop projecting myself on our kids. Like I have to pro stop projecting my fear of failure on our kids mm -hmm. and really trying to redefine that for them. And I think I've realized it more as I have coached Blakeland through some stuff and just trying to help her change her perspective on failure. So let's talk about it. How do we redefine it for our kids? Because they're gonna grow up in a world 
where failure is like a big deal. Like people are constantly trying to evaluate you and point out ways you haven't done something well and all of that. So how do we help our kids to be confident and redefine that? Well, I think the the first way has to be kind of like what we've been talking about. We we've got to redefine it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think we both just kind of a we both just kind of said that we have operated from a fear of failure in our past. We operate from that currently at times. And the the healthier that we can get on our view of the word failure or mm-hmm. what that means, um then the better we can be at teaching and influencing our kids positively. Mm-hmm. And so the more comfortable for me, the more comfortable I've gotten with the idea that my failures are learning opportunities. They are not a definition of who I am. The more comfortable I am correcting our kids, mm-hmm. helping them understand when they've made a mistake or when they have fallen short, number one, that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that this is an opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. Now we need to be making steps forward uh, in, in correcting that. And then obviously, as you all know, like we have little littles at our house. Like mm-hmm. we have our oldest is four turning five soon and it tapers down from there. And so that's going to look different than having a 15 year old in the house. That'll look different than still influencing our children that are in college. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think that as we take those steps, we are going to have to give ourselves grace. Um, I mean, the Bible talks about how God's grace is sufficient. Mm -hmm. uh, So it's never going to run out. And if God is telling us as his children and his possessions that, He's never going to run out of grace for us. Then who are we to run out of grace for ourselves? Right. So our grace comes at a cost, but God's doesn't. And so Mm -hmm. um, I just think that being able to give ourselves grace because we know like we're going to fall short. That's just what it is. Yeah. And so how do we recover? Um, And so I think that's really helped me uh, and how I've tried to help teach Blakelyn, Leyland and Ace what are failures? What does this look like? And right. what happens after a a lapse? What happens after a missing the mark? What happens right. after I uh, have done something I'm not supposed to do? Right. I think another way that we can do this is exposing them to it almost, like allowing them. Because I have the tendency, yeah. as parents, we have the tendency to want to protect our kids from failing or protect our kids from harm or mistakes or hurt. And so... I think the first question we ask mainly is, does allowing this to happen bring them physical harm? If it does, or or to a certain extent, emotional, mental harm, then, okay, we need to step right. in. But if it doesn't, that we use this as a learning opportunity. We allow them to experience that failure, that mistake. We guide them through it. We don't walk it for them. And then following that, we show grace like you talked about. I think the biggest, the hardest part for me is just with us working for high, with high school kids too, especially this day and age from several, a few years ago, even just working with these kids and realizing how much they are terrified of failing, mm-hmm. um, like to the point it brings them like crippling anxiety yeah. and um, depression. And that, that hurts my heart. Like I'm trying not to tear up now because just to see the weight of that they're carrying at their age, the one they 
I mean, studies show they don't know how to, they're, they haven't developed enough, like their brains haven't developed enough to know how to handle that kind of pressure. Um, but the level of anxiety and depression that they're experiencing, like it's sad. And I think that's on us as adults and people investing and speaking into their lives. Like we have a responsibility to help them experience those things early and try not to save them from it. But we also have a responsibility to guide them the best that we can. And if we can't do it ourselves, then we then have to kind of have an internal gauge and do what it takes for us to guide them. And I haven't been perfect at this, so I don't want to make it seem like, like we've nailed it, like we've got it. Cause that's not the case. Like I, I mean, I go to counseling now because right. I need help and work got, you know, being guided through that. Yeah. But doing that work allows me to better help our kids and even those high school kids, but the amount of pressure that they are under because they are terrified of failing. It breaks my heart. And I just think we as a society really need to start to go, okay, so these expectations that we're setting for them or that we're having them set for themselves, what does it do in the long run? Like at the end of it all, what, how does it really help them? And I think that's where, again, we go back to that redefining failure we go back to that helping them evaluate it and change their perspective on it and i think it would just better help them like help our kids in the future um so i it's it's a dance it's a dance because i am of the perspective that expectations are privilege Mm -hmm. and so where great things are expected uh there's obviously great potential and great opportunity i agree with that so that's where I struggle with the idea of lessening expectations to a degree. Um, now I understand unrealistic expectations are right. healthy, but to like, we can't remove an expectation because I, like I firmly believe expectations are a privilege. If things are expected of you, that is a privilege. And mm-hmm. so I don't know if we've mentioned this, but we're coaches and teachers. <laughs> well, like on all of my social medias, like I'm constantly there are coaches interview excerpts and there are plays and just different things like all kinds of resources. One of my favorite things about social media is just that community. It's very, very cool to be a part of. Well, Kara Lawson, the Duke women's basketball head coach mm-hmm. constantly comes up on uh, my Twitter feed with different moments where she's talking to her team. And one of the recent ones that has kind of resurfaced is She's got like a two and a half minute video talking about how to handle hard things better. Yep. And if you haven't watched it, go look it up. It's unbelievable. I'm about to butcher it. She did a great job communicating this to her team. Uh, But I think that that is our job and our responsibility as it relates to this topic for our kids or the people that were the young people that we influence. So if they're not our biological children, you have people looking up to you. You have young people looking up to you. That's just mm-hmm. the nature of the world. The next generation is looking at the generation before them. And I think it is our job and we have a responsibility to help them handle hard things and help them handle hard things better. Right. And so to me that like that's really the essence of what we're Mm -hmm. talking about it's that's what failure is is failure is something that was difficult and i fell short it's something that either i wanted to do or didn't want to do and i was supposed to do or wasn't supposed to do and i missed the mark and so that was a hard thing for me how do i handle that better and then because like 
Life isn't easy. We know that. Not in any stretch of the word, not in any walk, right? And so if we know life isn't easy and we know as adults it only gets harder, well, what do we need to be doing with our kids? We need to be teaching them how to handle hard things better. Mm-hmm. And so when they handle hard things appropriately, great. And when it starts becoming more natural for them to handle hard things, okay, well, now we increase the level of independence. Now we take another step back as a parent and allow them to walk a little bit more independently so that the hard things get a little bit harder. And then that way, when they're stepping into the world as young adults, life isn't hitting them in the face because their entire, the 18 years that they spend with you or wherever you're at, um, Uh, as it relates to influencing young people, that time that you are influencing them, you've been training them how to handle hard things. And I think that, like, I just think that that is our responsibility uh, and what we owe our kids. Right. I I don't think, I think you have to have expectation because you can't handle, like, things don't get hard if they don't, if you don't have an expectation for it. I think you have to have expectations. Like, I think that pretty much in everything in life, you have to have some kind of expectation. We right. have an expectation as parents. We have an expectation um, and for our house. Like we have an expectation for our relationships and things like that. I think that is absolutely necessary. But kids can't handle hard better if we don't allow, if we try to save them from it. Um, but I do think that being said, like we can't just throw them to the wolves either. Like we no. we we give them guidance. And that's why I said we have littles. Like- right. So we got them through it. We got them through how to handle the hard things. Um, But I think that's kind of the, I think that honestly wraps up, like it completely entails the perspective side of it. So we know what failure is. We've defined what failure is, but the perspective of it is showing our kids and the people, the kids that we influence, even if we don't have kids, but we have kids in our lives who we have influence over going, okay, failure we is not meeting the expectation that was set it's going to happen and that is okay but now let's evaluate it and let's see where we can like you said learn and grow from this how do i handle this how do i handle the failure and how do i handle it better next time just like you alluded to so there's an evaluation process of it and i think that's where all of that comes into play which we can sit here and say felt like this is how you do it this is the exact recipe and i just don't think that there is one i do think that there are steps to it and the redefinition of it and the changing their perspective is going this was hard i fell short but i can be better because of this how do i do that right right and and to me in in my life experience has been the best teacher yep and so the other the other thing I will say is like if we're wanting to teach our kids how to handle hard better, well then they have to see us handling hard better. Right. And they have to see us having learning opportunities, having shortcomings, having fit moments where we fail and what we do in those moments. And I think outside of I love you and I adore you. Um, and all of the positive things that we say to our kids, I think one of the most powerful things that we say to them is, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. you know, daddy messed up. Like I, right. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have lost my cool. That wasn't, that wasn't kind of me. Um, it, it didn't, it didn't meet our family mission. Um, and I'm sorry that 
I fell short in that way and daddy will be better. Like, yeah. I think that's one of the most important things that I can show Blakeland, Leyland and Ace as they grow uh, is just that when you get older, you don't stop failing. You mm -hmm. don't stop having opportunities to learn. Uh, it's it's all about how we handle these things. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is not having this idea that we need to blow past the failure or try to forget it as fast as possible. Like we need to evaluate it. We need to help our kids evaluate it. I think that we need to guide them through it. But that's the important part is we guide them through it. We don't do it for them. And it's like, I just kind of, when I think about this, I think about a bike. Like when you teach your kids how to ride a bike, like you've got the training wheels and the when you take the training wheels off, like you're guiding them, you don't quite take your hands off. And so they prove that they can get it and you, you keep walking with them through it until they get comfortable with it. And I think it's the same thing. We walk with them through it, but we can't do it for them. And then it's also realizing that riding a bike is hard. So empathizing with them in that, empathizing with them in their failure, understanding riding a bike is hard, but you have to start with the small steps. And those small steps are what's the next step, the next right step. And so um, sometimes the small step and just doing it is the next right step and evaluating it, seeing how you can do it better. Yep. So. Um, I think this is a good conversation. We will link the video to um, Kara Lawson and her speech because I think people need to listen to that. Like it was really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, not that she she's not promoting us. This is not a sponsorship, yeah. but we'll link it because it's good. Promoting her, shout out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll link that, and then we'll also have a blog this week to kind of further this conversation. So we'll link have a link in the show notes to that as well. Um, let us know your thoughts. Thanks for listening, and we will see you again next week. We hope it was helpful. Peace. That's it for our show today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to leave us a review and share this episode with a friend. Tune in next week for more fun and connection. In the meantime, don't forget to visit our website, view our blog, and connect with us on social media throughout the week. Don't forget to fill your glass this week. Share this episode with a friend and invite them to have a glass with us. We can't wait to hang out with you again. This episode is brought to you by Rambo Media. Thanks for tuning in.